This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode does not contain spoilers, but briefly mentions Hamilton, Moulin Rouge, Burlesque, and Empire Records. For full list, please see show notes. There are also discussions surrounding EDs and sexual assault. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the 2002, this is the movie, Chicago. Jess, have you ever seen this stage production? I didn't see the Broadway. I've actually been told if you love the movie, do not see the Broadway. But I did see, back in the day... Um, there was a musical called Fosse based on like Bob Fosse's work and they had snippets of his choreo from this movie in that show. Um, so I did see that on Broadway and they had it, I think like in New York, Broadway in 99 and then it transferred over to the West End in London, um, the year after, or a couple of years after. But how do, how come I know for a fact that you've seen this in the theater probably? <laughs> I did see this in the theater because you know me quite well. Uh, I saw this in the theater. I am thinking about it now and I have had to have seen this. That's a weird sentence. At least twice in the theater because the the one time I saw it with somebody that you know, actually, uh, okay. that you met very briefly, very briefly, uh, that I went to high school with, uh, that... I went with, and that person like sucked all the joy out of this movie for me. So I must have seen it in the theater a second time because I love this movie, right? Um, and then I saw this again on the airplane when I was going to Europe for a school trip. So I've seen this a lot, and I was so excited. I was so excited to see it on the airplane. <laughs> have you seen this like multiple times, or only like a handful? Of oh. Time? Uh, I have okay. This is this is a this is a weird, interesting question for you to ask. Uh, I have seen this movie multiple times, but not as many times as you would think. I have listened to this soundtrack. It, it's countless, right? It's funny you say that because I was thinking how this soundtrack carries the story very similar to like how you can listen to the Hamilton soundtrack over and over again. And then you realize, wait, I've actually only watched the production like two or three times. You, okay, you're making my point for me, which is which is that <laughs> uh, this movie and and like Hamilton and and a couple other musicals don't need like extra dialogue to carry it. Like Chicago, the film is Chicago, the soundtrack. There yeah. is very little that isn't in like the soundtrack. And there's very little dialogue that's like outside. There just isn't a lot. There isn't a lot. Compare that to Moulin Rouge, where you have to have backstory and you have to have all this extra dialogue. And like, an, an, you throw in a narrator sort of in there too, you know? Uh, so you have to have all of that. So these are very different. So I bring this up because of the comparison when Chicago came out, 
to Moulin Rouge. That was a huge conversation, huge conversation. Uh, and, and me being biased because I love Moulin Rouge and I saw it first, my comparisons were like, oh, you know, Cell Black Tango is Roxanne. That was the conversation. But I remember the cast being upset because technically their movie was like first and it was supposed to come out first. And it was, it was all of these things, but Chicago is very much a soundtrack musical where Moulin Rouge is not Moulin Rouge needs uh, a little bit more in there. And that was really stark to me when I watched this uh, critically because I didn't have to, I could have just listened to the soundtrack, Uh, but I did pick up, you know, just a couple of things, but that was really interesting to me, uh, just just having that realization, like there isn't that much more in the film that isn't in the soundtrack. Well, and it's funny that because, you know, sometimes people have the conversation. It has to be either or. But that's not the case, because like you said, they are stylistically. They're two very different movies. I mean, if anything, would I recognize this watch um, that we were rewatching the movie for this episode did you ever see sucker punch no i did not i feel like you would but it is kind of like jarring yeah, no, i heard i heard and said no yeah um it is like there there's the scene where the woman in chicago um they're talking about her vanishing act right but they make it very like a performance like the whole you know they do you know the then and now, you know, in re- or real life and then in a different way. That's how Sucker Punch is. And I never made that correlation till this because you had to kind of create this alternate reality, kind of like going to your, you know, coping mind palace, um, for lack of a better word, as she's like, and, and it's through, it, that's just one scene, but you see it throughout the whole thing. Just like when Roxy's on the stand and Billy Flynn is the, um, the ventriloquist, you know, so it's very, I don't know, I either, but comparing that to Moulin Rouge, again, two very different styles. So I don't, you know, but of course, when things get released around the same time and everybody's going to be a little bit more sensitive and critics are going to be a little bit more harsh or, or I mean, in this case, less harsh compared yes. to how they were with Moulin Rouge, because this movie when it was during the, so it came out in December 2002 um, for the Academy Award season for 2003. It was the most nominated film. It received six Academy Awards, including Best Picture. So clearly you have the favor of one over the other, but it was also in that realm of musicals were there. Some people want musicals, some people don't. At that point, you know, wherever in the early aughts, I guess musicals were the thing. <laughs> And I'm glad because oh yeah, rewatching this, uh, the cinematography is like really lovely, and the shots are really lovely, and the songs are set up really lovely. Um, uh, the the funny honey is, I think, one of my favorites. Uh, but let, okay, let's get into this. Let's get into the movie. Uh, I just have all of the songs underlined, like for notes. But it starts out with all that jazz. Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh my god. She is amazing. Of course, the trivia here, we all know she was two months pregnant and she insisted on a bob so that everyone would know that it was her dancing and that uh, she didn't have anybody coming in and like dubbing it for her queen. Which also from the time, the bob made sense. I didn't even think of doubting her 
her choreo or as a dancer because the director rob marshall was like we want you to have long hair and like you said she insisted on no but long hair wouldn't even had made sense in the 1920s yeah it was always yeah 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 just out so it's so good it's so good she's also afraid of heights and we'll get to that at the end uh i was one of the people who was completely, absolutely, 1,000% not surprised, not shocked when Renee Zellweger started singing because I'm not a fucking moron and I've watched Empire Records. I know that she sings. Like, we know this, us us cultured people. So <laughs> when when everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't think that voice would come out of her. I was like, did you, do you, do Sugar High? Are we not? But I am just very proud of myself for that. And you as well. You've seen Empire Records. Oh, yeah. No, I was just I'm shocked here just because I didn't know that that was the dialogue. I always am so interested. I mean, I guess I, it's not fair for me to say because I just found out that Jamie Campbell Bower was in a, was in a <laughs> band because he just released a single. And I was like, he sings and you're like, Jess, come on, you know better. He We've been following forever. I just didn't know that side of him. Or like Ben Barnes sings, you know, you have like these little things. You're like, what? That you just became hotter. Um, so I just, I wasn't surprised that Renee Zellweger, I mean, everybody, you know what the thing is? This whole cast brought something. I mean. John C. Riley. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, my God. Yes. And he actually, like, part of the trivia that we found, and we'll post the links and everything, was that he, he like, loves clowns. clowns. So, like, that was his thing. He wanted to do that piece and brought the idea to the table that he's applying the makeup. Like, that was all his, like, rendition of how he saw his character doing this. And, I mean, of course, I mean, I'll just, like, say, like, the main characters. You have Velma Kelly, Roxy Hart. You have John C. Riley is like, Roxy's husband, Mama Morton, and Billy Flynn. Like, all of them. All of them sang. All of them danced. Richard Gere was in three months of tap, de- tap dancing lessons. So he could do that scene by himself. And they filmed it in a half a day. And, and uh, Richard Gere was not supposed to be... It was not supposed to be him. It was supposed to be uh, John Travolta Hugh, or Hugh Jackman. Oh, I didn't. Oh, but John, Hugh Jackman. We saw him perform, and he was yeah. amazing. He could do it, but Hugh Jackman said that he was too young. Like at the time, oh. like he was just too young for the role. And uh, John Travolta said something gross, oh. which is unsurprising. But he said that he was not as interested in Chicago as he should have been because he thought it was about a, a bunch of angry women who hate men, and he likes women who like men. Google oh. that. Google that. Oh, I'm so grossed out by him. Yeah, everybody can Google that. I'm actually like really upset because he was like obviously Greece. He said Greece, and he was like <laughs> he was my first dark hair, blue eye yeah. crush. Me too. Um, like, how could he not be? I only knew that John Travolta. Like this, I just from the trivia facts that this is his fourth movie that Travolta had turned down that Richard Gere had accepted. But the gross comment about angry women. Yeah. Let's. Okay. Well, let's. I think that's a perfect segue into how the women used their. Um, kind of like how they were objectified by men in this movie and used it to their advantage. Yes, a, a thousand, a thousand percent. Cause what does the movie start with? It starts with one, uh, Velma Kelly getting arrested because she shoots and kills her sister and her husband for screwing around. And, you know, fair. 
I mean, <laughs> she walked, not only, she, she walked, walked in, in on her, yeah, she walked in, yeah, it wasn't just like your, her husband, like, with some rando, your sister, your sister, at that, and she was one of those gone things. That long. No, she literally, she ran out to get ice, or she ran to do an errand. That's all mm-hmm. she did. And then yeah. she was like, found them in the act, spread eagle. There unacceptable, unacceptable. And I like what M- Mama Morton says too. She's like, I ain't never met a ma- heard of a man that got murdered that ain't deserve it. It's like, hey. Uh, but we, we have, we have the all that jazz number and then we have Roxy and we have her eyes, right? And we have o- Roxy like, uh, projecting herself on the stage singing in that dress. It's just gorgeous. Um, but then, uh, just back to your point is Roxy starts this affair with Fred because she thinks that he can like, get her get her on stage like like get her some gigs and stuff and then again when he turned out to be just like a loser yeah yeah he just wanted he said what he needed to say to get what he wanted physically out of it and she reacted she reacted i think I, i say a little extreme but like at the same time, he threw her. He he threw her. Oh yeah, he abused. Yeah, there's abuse. There's physical abuse, but that also goes to not again, not okay. But that goes to the women aren't people; they're yeah. property, and that's yeah. a continuous theme in this. I mean, that's just us, like just diving into something super deep. But that's a continuous theme in this movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the I don't know if you noticed this, but when. Roxy does kill him. The tango music plays very quickly. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. she, she's like, she's like holding it. She's like looking around and it goes like whoopee, like tango music right there. So good. So good. I love it so much. All the little like foreshadowing things are really good there. Um, and then f- as I said earlier, like funny honey is one of my favorites simply because I cannot like overemphasize the effect that this movie had on me and my love for nude fishnets. I wear nude fishnets constantly. Jess, you know this about me. It is just something that I do. Uh, this movie deeply impacted me on that. Uh, and this number in particular, because Renee is singing Funny Honey and she's in that pink dress with the crystals on it and the pink or the nude fishnets with the garter belts. It's amazing. I love this number. I sing it all the time. I, I just I think it's so good. Um, and I also like the way that they do the detective work with it, too, because all of this is in the soundtrack. Right. Um, so it's it's just it's just good. John C. Riley, he really shines here. Every little scene that he's in is heartbreaking. Um, and I'm not used to seeing John C. Riley in a heartbreaking role. So it was an adjustment, but you make it quickly. Yeah, no, he's he I feel like it's a breakout. And I feel like this with with anybody who you're so accustomed to them in one role like i can't oh like jason bateman in ozark i've only seen him in comedic roles so when i saw him in ozark take on this whole different character from this whole different perspective i was like oh there's range i mean he still feels like you're watching jason bateman but like you've never seen him in a series and i feel like it was the same way with john t Riley here because he's he's made a joke but he's not a comedic role, you know, like obviously he's made fun of as the husband, as the dopey husband who, you know, at the same time, they, you know, Renee, Roxy, you know, she wants to have a life. She wants to be secured. So she marries the first 
person who's willing to marry her too while she has like these other careers and the other's aspirations i should say and i think it's fair to have aspirations it's just so funny that this came about because fred is like a furniture salesman (laughs) like like, what he gave us 10 percent off i know who he is just like what like this furniture guy but then i'm thinking like the time chicago the mob you know like okay maybe he was you know maybe 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 uh but roxy confesses she confesses and she goes to jail and then we get uh mama morton who is miss queen latifah um oh my goodness oh my goodness i have a little bit of trivia here for you um did you know that in the scene where roxy is waiting to meet the matron a fellow inmate asks her if she has had morton before that actress is cheetah rivera who was the original velma kelly years ago oh i did not know that yeah because if it's like a weird one-off scene she's like you just got to keep her happy like that 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 is the original like velma and i just thought that was very fun um it's so good I find it funny in that scene with Roxy. She is like, I don't know. She is a small fish in a big pond and truly thinks that she, I mean, I don't want to say she's innocent. She obviously, she was like, and I'd do it again, you know, but there's a sense of entitlement that comes. She, she didn't think that prison was going to be hard for her. She really had a rude awakening that was needed. The women have come together in that prison and have turned it into like a business, right? A tit for tat situation. I'm sure like prisons are like that. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm sure it's like that. But in this movie, the way that it shows it is like they're really like, it's a working economy. Yeah. You know, the matron, it will help you, but you know, you got to scratch her back. That's, you know, her whole, her whole number. Um, I just, I really like it. But then, uh, going to what you you are saying with um, Roxy, she she's like, oh, murderous row is that nicer? Like, do you have do you have more blankets? Like, it, it's just it's just not there. And then you know, and then we get cell block tango. Um, but I I do like that it it is a weird sisterhood situation, right? Because it's not, but it kind of is, but it's not. But it kind of is. It is in the in the sense that they're doing the best that they can in the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. But there is a shared unity in, like what you said with Mama Morton, the the men who were murdered never didn't deserve didn't not deserve it. I mean, yeah. some of the cell block tango stories are kind of funny because they seem extreme. But how many people have been in situations, um, not saying go do this stuff, disclaimer, please, where you're like, do it one more time. Do it one more time and let me see. Like, and then there's the, you know, how much, how often do we just talk about books and just like art media we consume in general about miscommunication? Communicate. How many of these women communicated constantly over and over again? And it was just disregarded. Yeah. Yeah. Or they cheat. Or they just cheat and lie. <laughs> Assholes. Assholes. <laughs> uh, I like that Velma says, like, look at me. It's a, it's an um, article in Red Book magazine denouncing me. I like that. That is just, like, so good. I didn't realize that Red Book had been around for so long. Right? Like, jeez. Uh, cell Block Tango. Iconic Cell Block Tango. It's iconic. I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie. 
um, one of the best songs, of course. Uh, Maya in there, you know, who knew? <laughs> who I knew? Mean, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be, I don't, I didn't see anything in like trivias or anything. I don't know if that was supposed to be like her trying to venture into the acting or if it was just one of those, she can sing, she can, she dance, can dance. Here's an, uh, here's a role that isn't the song from the Rugrats movie. Um, I don't remember the last time she had a single. I mean, it was around that time because she had Case of the X Mm -hmm. that was released like in the late 90s. But if you think about that also, if this released in 2002, obviously the technology wasn't there the way it is now. So this was probably in pre-production for a while. So that could make sense with like casting. I mean, think about all the casting stuff that we know now. Yeah. Well, and casting stuff disgusting human being that he is monster harvey weinstein wanted britney spears for the for roxy and sent like three separate like attempts to recruit her into this which is like disgusting and she said that she's disgusting every oh he's gross um but that you know that that it's like so weird it's so weird to think about like oh my gosh well any well i think it's just like him in general so and, and granted they were a staple the production you know miramax was a staple was a staple production studio so even now anytime a movie's referenced i'm like oh, you can't you can't erase history it's there it's i just i also always feel just skeeved out nothing yeah. we can do it's just there but it's just there. It's I just digress. There. <laughs> it's just there. But what is also there is the cell block tango with Pop, Six, Squish, uh-huh, Cicero, and Lipschitz. So it's like just how, how they die. It's just so good. It's, I just wish I could dance. I wish I could tango. It's just so much fun. It just looks so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, did you know? I, I'll have to find the article. I remember seeing or hearing about it like many moons ago. The... Um, the lady who's Hungarian in this film, she was wrongfully accused because of the language barrier. She only spoke Hungarian, so she couldn't be like, not guilty, not guilty. And they kind of pinged this murder on her and she was executed. That's based off a true story. And do you know what she said? Do you know what her translation is? Like, help me, please. I'm innocent. I think I have it. Um, I've got it. I yeah, got it. It. Sure. It's what am I doing here? They say my famous lover held down my husband while I chopped off his head, but it isn't true. I'm innocent. I don't know why Uncle Sam says I did it. I tried to explain it at the police station, but they did not understand me. Did you do it? Uh-uh. Not uh-uh. guilty. Yeah. So that's that's what she says. And I uh never knew that. So when I was doing research, I was like, oh, that's fun. That's a fact I didn't know. Love that. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, just, do you have a favorite number? Um, I, I feel basic with saying cell block tango. I also, but I also love that because it has inspired so many other renditions of it. Um, there's one called like cell block tango villains and it's the Disney villains that Todrick Hall does. Mm -hmm. That's just like, I just love the creativity that comes from people when you have such an iconic number like that. I, like, it's still, to me, one of the best musical numbers of all time. Like, we know we agree with that with Roxanne. This is another one. I love They Both they both Reached for the Gun. Mm. I think Billy, like, he's a little, you know, skeevy, but he is brilliant. He is a lawyer. He is a publicist. Granted, he's not 
exactly ethical in all of his choices, but he knows what he's doing because from the get-go, he never says, it doesn't matter because she went to confess something to him and he goes, no, 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 no. Don't, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. What matters is if the people care because if the people care, it's more about you, not the actions. And I thought that was just so interesting because how often in our personal lives, um, it's still very true to this day. It's not about, it's like, it's, it's kind of like pulling the wool over other people's eyes. And it's so frustrating when I've seen it done, you know, like I said, personally and professionally, you see the outward appearance and you're like, but you know who they are as a person. It's just so frustrating, but I, but they did something with it. It's just, it's just a different, it's an interesting conversation to see have. And sometimes that's the case with like, like defense attorneys in general. Like I also think of law abiding citizen. It wasn't about what you did. It's like how you won the case, whether it was right or wrong. Mm hmm. Yeah. Billy Flynn. Oh my gosh. Uh, Richard Gear. I have a hard time with Richard Gere personally just because it grew up with the rumor. Uh, Google the rumor. I didn't know this when you texted me the yeah. other day. Yeah. I mean, it was very prevalent. It, it like that rumor had the strength of like Marilyn Manson taking out ribs to suck his own dick. Like it I had still that. Believe that. I still believe that. But like it had that kind of like. You know, like people were very adamant that it was true. <laughs> Poor gerbil. But I, do you want people to do their own research? Or do, do your you own research. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a gerbil that may or may not have been involved. It may or may not have happened. Like whatever, whatever. Do your own research. Google Richard Gear rumor. <laughs> I did. I had to because yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, it's very surprising. It is not what you expect. Uh, so I have a little like issue with him just for that because it's like, uh, but he did such a great job here, and he had so much fun, and he he is on record saying they had a lot of fun, and he was actually pissed off when he wasn't nominated because everybody else in the cast was nominated for Oscars, and he wasn't. Part of me is also like some people, some personalities get upset when not everything revolves around them. So yes. I, it's like take it with a grain of salt. Yes. But that's a really uh, good way to introduce his his number because that's exactly what his introduction is. Like it starts off with like Billy. All he cares about is love, which is absolutely not true. A thousand percent a lie. And then it cuts to him like being a snob in his like suits and stuff and like being very rich and wandering around. So that's a very good like juxtaposition. He goes where the money is because when, you know, when Roxy isn't a headline and the new socialite, he's like, oh, the the pineapple social socialite from Hawaii committed something like he's he's an opportunist. But I say it. I, I say it with him with a negative connotation because I don't necessarily think that being an opportunist is a negative thing either. I just think in this case it is. Well, I, that is perfectly highlighted by his line that says, "Like, look, Amos, I, I don't want to like to my own horn here, but if Jesus Christ had been alive in Chicago during now and had five thousand dollars and come to me, it'd have been different." I was just like, "Whoa, Billy!" Like, <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Um, I want to talk about Miss Sunshine. I love Miss Sunshine. I cannot remember the name of the actress, but I love her. I've seen so much of her stuff. She's a fantastic like character actress. It makes me so happy every time I see her. Uh, love Miss Sunshine. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We both reached for the gun. I remember Renee talking about that scene being like, she had very little to do, 
But what she had to do, she had to do perfectly. So she screwed up a few times and then they had to like reset. And like all those guys had to go like back up and like all, all like the yeah. marionettes or whatever. Yeah. Oh my and, she, God. and she felt so like bad about that. I, I remember that when it came out. Uh, but uh, Editor Sam, this is one of Editor Sam's absolute favorites. Uh, songs he, or movie? Songs. He okay. loves, he loves this. Um, it's so quick. It's yeah. so good. I yeah. love, and like, it, it's such a fun scene to watch. And even if you're not watching it, like, it, like you said, I've listened to this soundtrack more than I've watched it, but I still watch this movie pretty regularly. It's a movie that once it's finished, I can start all over again because it's just like replaying the soundtrack. Um, and I'll put that song on repeat. It's quick. It's fast. It's smart. Everything about it is so fun. I like this uh, because before, I mean, you know, this this whole song starts because of the advice that, um, you know, Velma gives Roxy is like, you know, Billy Flynn's client is Billy Flynn. He's going to do the talking like you, you know, you want you're the one that pay to see you're the star here. Um, and then, of course, that goes with her other advice was keep your hands off my underwear, which I I'll laugh at every single time that I hear it. <laughs> every time I hear it. But I do like that Roxy's like, I was a moth, a butterfly. I'm a butterfly. Of the, oh, it's, it's just very funny to me. Um, and then she's like, oh, my God. He's like, no, stay, cut out God. Stay where you're better acquainted. Like, just fast, quick, back and forth. Oh, my gosh. Do you consider, because um, I was thinking about the whole, like, Keep your hands off my underwear. Um, do you think that Velma Kelly is a mean girl? Or do you think... Like, and we've had this conversation before. Do you think it's based on circumstances? Like she's kind of like she is who and how she needs to be to survive what she's going through right now. She reminds me of Miranda from uh, Devil Wears Prada. Oh, she just they just remind me of each other. Uh, so it's it's like a combination of like circumstance and like who they are. Mm-hmm. Right, because like the drive is always going to be there, but like how the how you are like reacting to the world, right? Like is it that? Yeah. So I compare the two of them in my head a lot. So I've never thought of that comparison until just now, but I love it. Yeah, it works, right? Like yeah. it, it works, it works. Uh, the puppets here, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, I want to go on record and say that the the little CGI that is in this movie is bad. It's bad and it's dated. Um, you know, with Richard Gere like this, it's very um in sync. Oh yes, it's yes. very um no strings. What what is that? Uh, oh, it's gonna be me. That's yeah. the music video. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very that. And I oh, no, I'm sorry. Bye time. bye bye. I'm sorry. Is it bye bye bye? Yeah, okay. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's very funny to me. I laugh at it every time. <laughs> every time. Uh, but the the puppets here, it just goes back to the reinforcement of what you are saying, Jess. Is like women are objects, right? He she is literally sitting on his lap as as a ventriloquist. I mean, you know, his hand would be up inside of her, like controlling her. That you know, that's what a ventriloquist is, uh, and that is a lot of things. But in this situation, it's like played for comic you know because she didn't because roxy says in the very beginning that she was like a dummy in school <laughs> she says that she's like well i was a bit of a dummy like it, 
it's cute. Well, should they create that whole backstory for her? Mm-hmm. Like that's why, and because it goes back to he's like, get the people to care about you. They were, and then she wouldn't mess up, and she's like, fuck, and she's like, you can't say that. You're a prim and proper lady. And then even Christine, uh, Mary Sunshine, Christine Baranski's character, um, she says like, you poor girl, convent runaway. <laughs> like this whole like you were this innocent docile woman you had no choice these were your actions you were so new you know in this bubble of a world and of course this makes sense which is great for her because this is the story that's being painted um and she's like and even when she's working with billy as a member of the press she's she's the one who's in I want to say she's like the like the original TMZ where well not obviously original she's like live tweeting yeah she's like this yeah yes live tweeting absolutely she's like this is what my listeners want so she tailored her content to be to like have the favor for Roxy and just like when she's in the courtroom they are in and there's the pregnancy the fake pregnancy thing she's like oh she fainted again no there's this whole stir I just. Everybody, everybody is a dramatized character, but that's what makes that's what makes everything so fun. It does. And that's what makes it work, I think, um, compared to, as you said, the stage show I've heard is very boring and like drags. So, you know, there's there's like different plot points and stuff that just that like, wouldn't make sense yeah which makes sense why this movie is just a, a beautiful soundtrack of music videos, more or less. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. Uh Roxy, Roxy is told that she'll swing by the end of the year. These are hanging cases. Uh, so Billy Flynn stages an auction and they start selling and dolls and like all of this stuff. Everybody wants to be Roxy. And that's part of what you were saying about his like image about making everybody love her. And then we have Roxy's number, Roxy Hart. This is my second favorite thing. I love this. The silver dress with the finger gloves that come up to like here. Um, the, her name and lights, the, 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 oh my gosh, this is, I love it. And I forgot because something that isn't on the soundtrack is her talking intro where she's mm-hmm. like, and it was a world full of no. And then I was here for a world full of yes. And then it starts the song that's not on the soundtrack. I didn't even realize that. I feel like I've listened to it so much. You, you know, when things start to blend, especially when you watch, like I just watched the movie. I haven't listened to the soundtrack. I wouldn't have in a while, actually. Um, just like one-off songs when I listen mm-hmm. to like a musical radio station. So I've never picked up on that. Yeah, her talking intro isn't there. I really, I really just love this number. I like where she's like really shining on her own. Really, it's her like solo number. She's in that fantastic dress and her hair and she's like doing everything. I think it would be so much fun to to do that, right? Like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. This whole movie is the reason why I like one of I, I have yet to do it, but I think I've always wanted it to be like a couple's costume, like with your friends to be, you know, like flappers, but not mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm a flapper for Halloween. Like, I want to be Velma and Ka- like, I want to be Velma and Roxy. I think mm-hmm. that's the whole gimmick because they work well off of each other when they realize oh, i'm gonna say something controversial in a second when they realize and c- because you know velma comes you know velma had some humble pie mm-hmm. then roxy kind of served her and then had to eat her own words because she wasn't in the limelight anymore once they realize put everything aside let's think about this as a professional working relationship we don't have to because velma says 
We don't have to be friends. We don't even have to like each other. But professionally, this actually is a really good opportunity. Like uh, coming to her basically like admitting like because she had like holes in her like fishnets and everything. Mm -hmm. So you knew she was kind of like struggling. Um, Let's make this a business opportunity. It's very much like how Ian and Paul are. Let's regardless of whatever you may or may not believe their personal relationship is with each other. Um, professionally, they're like, we have this amazing opportunity with a built-in fan base that are almost all over 21 if they grew up with a, watching the show. And if not, you have like the resurgence of like new fan. Let's think about this as a professional relationship, you know? And I, I, there's a lot of working relationships that I think you can separate the two. You just had me thinking about burlesque with Cher. I love burlesque. And they were, they are divorced, but they have a working relationship. Okay, Mm -hmm. no, but we're back. We're back to, we're back to Velma Kelly's act of desperation. I love this. I love this. I love this number. If I had to pick a number to do, I would either, like myself, I would either do Cell Black Tango or um, Velma Kelly's act of desperation. It's so much fun. Like, and it's so fast and it just it makes me so happy that she was able to um Catherine Zeta Jones was able to like do this. But uh as I mentioned earlier, she's afraid of heights. So when I she slides down the pole here, uh she was very nervous and she didn't want to do it. And it was like this whole thing. So the director actually had uh Michael Douglas come on set and he was there and was like screaming at her, like encouragement, like, you can do it. It's fine. You're gonna be safe. Like we're all here for you. Uh, so Aww. that she could get through it because she was also two months pregnant. Um, you know, so it was like a whole, it was a whole situation there. But yeah, isn't that's like so fun? That's so fun so to like. Know. I love them together. Yeah, it's a weird age gap. It's a weird age gap, but whatever, whatever. It's, it's fine. Only, I say it's the only. I don't know, but like I, I like them. I think they work together somehow. You know, every now and then it seems to work, and I don't. You know, that's a yeah conversation. Yeah, they've been together for. I mean, this this movie's like what twenty plus it's twenty years old. It came out. I saw it December twenty seventh, two thousand two, is when it came out. So it's going to be almost mm-hmm. twenty years old. Yeah. So and, and they were together a long time before that too. Yeah, and they're still going strong. So okay, moving on, moving on. I I just okay. I have here. I have here. Um, to bring up the fat shaming. There is fat shaming here. Uh, that um, Roxy says to Velma. Which is like kind of screwed up because she is pregnant, but uh, in real life, but you know, that's script. But it's not the first time there's like subtle fat shaming through the whole thing, but here it's just like lay off the caramels. That's the only one that I picked up on. I didn't pick up on any of the other ones. She was like, Oh, I'm watching my figure. You know, I have oh. all these things, you know, just li- little things like that. Um, I, it was like, Meh, meh. Um, and then it says, Pitches the double act. <laughs> um, my favorite line here, though, is like, oh, you know, okay, so uh, where's the part where they, uh, you know, unalive, where you unalive them? <laughs> like, when, when, when is that? Um, I do find that very funny. Renee has said that watching Catherine Zeta-Jones perform this, because, like, Roxy didn't have anything to do here. She's just watching. Uh, so being there and watching her perform this is one of her favorite memories of being, like, on set, which I thought was nice. It would be mine, too. I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones, this whole movie, I'm just enamored with yeah. the entire time. Like, I know, I know, you know, 
they're both leads and their agents. This is another like one of those fun facts. We're arguing who got first billing credits. And it's like a whole behind the scenes legal thing that happens in entertainment. And they because they were both like stars and rightfully so. So in the movie poster, they say it's like a diagonal zigzag. So it doesn't look like one per like depending on like if you read left to right, it looks like um, mm-hmm. it looks like Renee Zellweger. But if you read top to bottom, it's Catherine Zeta Jones. And I and I saw that fact and I go what? Because I always thought it was Catherine had lead billing credit. But they agreed that it would be an equal billing credit if they positioned it that way. Um, and then I went and looked up the movie poster and I go, oh my, I never had noticed because I always read a movie poster top to bottom, not left to right. Sure. So then when I switched it, it's like, I'm oh. like wow, I can see why. So I thought it was just like, it's just like one of those movie behind the scenes industry things where you're just, you know, sometimes we'll have like information. And I go, can, can we just like put all the names there? Does it matter? Let's do alpha, you know, when, when I think of teaching when your teachers would be like alphabetical order so it's equal but apparently that's not the case so i love behind the scenes stuff it's just so much fun uh lucy lou is in this for like two seconds uh but the two seconds that she's there she's in her underwear i feel like this is like peak lucy lou during charlie's angels yeah so god bless thank you pineapple heiress Uh, (laughs) and then we're back to roxy faking her pregnancy uh Gosh, Mr. Cellophane, um, that that is that is just like really that is really wild, Mr. Cellophane. Uh, I almost skipped it last night because it's so sad. It's such a like sad song, and John C. Riley really is just like he's all here in the eyes. It's one of those songs that I feel like I know the lyrics. You know, when there's a difference between you knowing the lyrics to the song and you sing along with it, mm-hmm. and then when you stop and actually listen to oh, the lyrics, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of those songs because I feel like that there's. With a lot of soundtracks, especially when you play straight through, um, and I'm thinking of Hamilton right off my, the bat also when he has, like, Dear Theodora, mm-hmm. when you actually listen to it, you're like, this is such a deep song. Yeah, you're just like, oh, boy. And especially just knowing everything that we know about John C. Riley, he was the only native Chicago, Chicagonian. Chicagoan. Chicagoan uh, on the cast, which I just thought was oh. a fun, fun little thing. Um, and then we have... We, we have moved to the actual, like, following through of the threat and making it real was when our Hungarian ballerina does end up, uh, you know, that sucks. Her disappearing act. Her final disappearing act is what they call it. Her final disappearing act. Uh, and she's, like, the first woman to be executed in... Yeah. In the, the, which which I am unsure because in this scene they say in history, but in the beginning they say in like years, in like so many years. So I think that's a continuation thing that nobody has picked up on, but it bothered me. Uh, do you love Razzle Dazzle? I love her. I mean, it's it's the spectacle of the whole case. It's so visually, it's great. Um, I mean, because that's really what, like, the underlying, this is just, like, a crazy run circus. This is all a performance. This is all an outward, I mean, I, I think of, you know, granted, Circus by Britney Spears wasn't out then, but it has the same effect, the same impact. Like, your center of the ring, he's the um, the ringleader, mm-hmm. like, he's orchestrating everything. And you have everybody is just, like, sighing over Richard I mean, I don't care about your gerbil story. I think that man is very attractive still. <laughs> but, like, I think I was like, oh, my gosh, he's still so good looking. 
again, that was like 2002 and it's me now watching it. And then I'm thinking, I don't even, you know, when we saw like updated pictures of Ewan McGregor and we were like, wait, but he's always going to be Christian to me. I didn't realize how much he aged. Like, I feel like I never want to look at a recent picture of Richard Gere ever again because he will always be, you know, he like he stopped aging in the 90s because he, you know, between Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride and this one, I'm like, it's the same man, same exact man. I love Runaway Bride. That is a great movie. Um, One of the benefits to doing to watching this movie is that I had forgotten completely that Miss Velma Kelly comes in and reads this diary. That is, there is no like any of that in the soundtrack. Of course, obviously there is no singing there, but it is so good. And I just, it just like totally blew past me. My notes say, Oh my God, I forgot Velma is reading the diary. And that is when Billy does his tap dance. Um, So good. That whole sequence is my favorite in Razzle Dazzle, his tap dance. Well, and I love again, and that's like another, like, it's the quick wit that comes with mm-hmm. his character that I love yep. so much because he like, and we find out at the end of the movie, he knows what he wrote in that diary. So he's like, you know, you're, aren't you in jail for something? Like she thinks that she's like, Oh, I'm going to get her. Mm-hmm. She pissed me off. So he's kind of putting it back on her. You're in jail. You're up for trial. Um, You know what it means to be pur- like to purge. purge yeah. On the witness stand while you're already. And then she was like cowering into her seat. Like, I, I'm just telling you what I was told. Yeah. So then he was like, so you admit it that this you because you, she was, you know, because, of course, he had to think on his feet because Roxy was being reactive because she wound up admitting that was her diary. Mm-hmm. So and then like using all the words that he did, he's like, this sounds like legal jargon. This doesn't so- sound like it's I mean, great. And that's also like a. A gross assumption to say, like, if you you are an entertainer, you can't have intellect either. But, I mean, for the case of the story <laughs> for the musical, that's exactly what he leaned into. He's like, who who speaks like this? What woman speaks like this? Because that's another thing that they lean into that on the whenever somebody's on the stand, too. Like when Roxy talks about her fake pregnancy and Richard Gere is asking Amos, he's like, you didn't execute your rights as a husband to basically rape his wife. Sorry, hard R and trigger warning um, because she's property. She's an object. Yes. Yes. A, a thousand, a thousand times. Yes. And also Velma. Uh, she says that she's like, oh, I don't know. Like Mama Morton gave it to me. Like she, she's, and then she's like, oh, Mama Morton didn't get pulled up on the stand after that. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, oh, well, like it was the lawyer then. Oh, it's the lawyer. Like it's, it's so good. And Richard Gere being like, the defense rests. Well, and all he, all he's basically, and I guess like that's part of. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. I don't know, but. Aside from like the power of persuasion that he's clearly you're trying to convince the, ju- the the jury to believe you. So if that has them asking all these questions, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just good. It's just oh, my gosh, it's so good. Uh, after. So Roxy's innocent. Roxy's innocent. But there's another murder on the steps. So she gets absolutely no publicity. And she's so pissed off about that. And then she just breaks Amos's heart. She's like, there is no baby. Like, there's no baby, Amos. It's just, oh, my gosh. It's so sad. I feel so bad for John C. Riley. Oh, my God. Ah, He really wanted that baby. He's like, I, and which, again, which uh, Billy Flynn leans into. He's like, so even you would take her back? 
you're going to take her back. And it's and I, I, it's not fair for me to judge because I don't know. Um, the emotional roller coaster this man must be going through. Yeah. He he's like this man, you know, from start to finish. He comes home late from working. There's a dead man in the house. His wife is like, he was going to assault me. Well, he did physically. Um, and she, he's like, I got you, babe. I'm going to come to your defense. Finds out more information. Wait, that doesn't make sense. We know the guy. Wait, like all these pieces are coming together throughout the movie. He feels like a fool. He feels like he's been shamed. Then he finds out that he has she's quote unquote pregnant. Then he's like, this is another chance, you know? And of course at that time there were only so many um, things, you know, like men were like, I take, you know, I make my family, I take care of my family, women's day. You know, that's just like, and I just, I say the times because I'd like to hope that other people have like learned and grown from then. Um, but you know, he's like, this poor man has gone through the roller coaster. And then even through it all, he was like, I'd still love to have a family with you, even though there was no such thing as a paternity test back in the day. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's just so sad. It's just. Ugh. But what is not sad It's supposed to be. But what is not sad is the um, nowadays, like the good night that she does. The final song, the final number, right? No, no. The bl- when she's in the black sequin dress. Oh, uh, it's right before. OK, it's before we see it's before we cut to her auditioning before the um, oh yeah right like the auditions that. yes okay so yeah, it's right before that she's in the black sequin dress and the spotlight's like all on her and she's like mm-hmm. really belting it out and then it slowly pans up her body until it's just her face, her face yes. yeah oh my gosh i love that it's such a tiny like short sequence but i really love that sequence and then it cuts to i my note says sad audition um that's Tay Diggs. Is nobody talking about that? That's Tay Diggs. Because I feel like he has two roles because he's also the band leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. You know, I don't think anyone gave him credit for that. Um, but he's a handsome man. Vel- but as uh, you mentioned earlier, Velma walks in and she's uh, she's in the same Velma. She's in the same blue velvet outfit that was being laundered uh, when they were in the jail. Oh, so, I didn't like, make that connection. Yeah, so she has not been able to get, like, it, it just, New it just, like, yeah, it just reinforces that she's, like, struggling and on hard times. Uh, but I noticed that, and I thought that was very interesting. Um, but, again, going back to what you were saying about, like, you know, the only business where it doesn't matter if you hate each other, that's show business. But it's like, you know, we could work together. And it's like, why couldn't it? And then Renee Zellweger whips around. She's like, because I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, but the Chicago theater, this last number. Oh, my goodness. It's one of those things that I watch and I mirror it when I'm watching it, like the arm motions. And I like pick up my legs a little bit. I don't go full out. <laughs> um, but it reminds me of, you know, when you're watching some choreo TikToks and you're like, I mentally know the next moves Mm -hmm. but i don't know if my body can make those moves anymore but it's one of my favorite performances of the whole of the whole movie it's so good it's so fun i love that billy's in the crowd like shaking his head like of course they leaned into this like but and he helped make it happen he helped Mm -hmm. make it happen the only thing that i can think of of course i love this number obviously but the beautiful shots that they do where the, the the camera is a certain way and it's the two of them and it's the lights all behind them. I have chills. I wish you could see this right now. I have chills. It's so good. Well, this will heat you up because all I can think of is that the back of them must be just like boiling off, right? <gasps> Those are like open 
like light, light bulbs, light yeah. bulbs, and there's they look like there's a wall of like a million of them, and you know how hot that has to be behind them. Plus the lights coming, like just regular filming lights. I can't imagine. They just must be boiling. Um, I was thinking about that this time when I was watching it. Just like, how are they? Because they're they're dancing so yeah. hard. Uh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, no. And they and they did, like we, we discussed earlier in the episode, they did the dancing. Yeah. There was no, the only time there was a body double, I think, were like sh- stand-ins for Catherine Zeta-Jones because she was just starting to show, mm-hmm. uh, her pregnancy was starting to show a little bit more. But it wasn't during the dancing numbers that they were using a body double. It was like during like certain close-up zoom-ins and then they, you know, they did the Hollywood mirror, you know, like the tricks, the trick imagery of like waist up or something. Um, and that wasn't for every scene. It was just like later in production when she started showing more. So... I love that number. I think it's so great. I think it's campy. I think it's perfectly aligns with their show. I mean, then, I, of course, I started overthinking. I wonder how many nights a week they perform. Is it the same crowd every night? Because that's a lot. Because then you think of, like, Chicago in the 1920s. Completely different crowd. Completely different vibe. Finances are all over the place. Like, and, like, the volume of people, like, you can go to a Broadway show every, like, the shows are seven, there's seven shows a week. Um, so then I was just, like, overthinking about, like, how many shows would they be doing in the 1920s? Well, that, and that show ends with a line that just gets such a chuckle out of me. Believe me, we could not have done this <laughs> without you. And that just circles back around to the whole like PR and manipulation and image and all of that um, aspect of Chicago, which is just like so good because uh, they couldn't have, right? If they, they, they couldn't have. No, they, they, they literally, what, they would be performing this for Mama Morton in the yeah. county jail? No. Yeah. Yeah. She wouldn't even have cared. She's like, Mm-mm. you're bothering me. Go away. <laughs> it's so good. It's so fun. Oh, my gosh. And I do really love when actors like this uh, do sing and dance. And because, you know, I like to watch people that have talent and I can't do either of those things. So it is just really enjoyable. I like when they go out of their comfort zone. Like, even though, like you said, we knew that Renee could sing. We knew, like, obviously, um, Queen Latifah, she's like, a quadruple thing. I mean, anything she touches, she tries to do. She's amazing at. Mm-hmm. She can do all the things. So when I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that Richard Gere was, you know, a performer outside of acting. Mm-hmm. But then you like, like with the dancing, I didn't know he t- like. And then, then I have a, something in my head. I bet if I did top dancing for three months, <laughs> I could do this. And then I also have to like, okay, realistically, he probably, it's like dancing with the stars. Their life is consumed yeah. for the entire, like eight, they do stretching, they do all their workouts, and then they do eight hours of dancing yeah. for whatever, you know, that's how I have to imagine, you know, Richard Gere, he's like his focus aside from his lines and his workout is you need to do this tap dance. You need to do X. You need to do it. So then I'm like, well, I don't have eight hours in a day to solely focus on tap dance. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, I will say that in Cell Block Tango, they, um, some of the girls all line up and they start doing like high kicks and like in the same. Yeah. I can do that. I can do that. I did that in high school. I was captain of the dance team. Uh, I can do that. I thought it was just cheer. I didn't know you did dance too. Oh yeah, I was captain of the the cheer and the dance team. They they were separate. Hey. They were separate seasons. But we had to do a, a um, you know, we a all had kick. to link arms and we had to do like 
high kicks. And let me tell you, the first two weeks that it took for us to like learn the mechanics of that and like how to move and every and not, you know, not to like drag on other people's, you can't pull them down. You have to like keep your arms up. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And you're so sore. Oh my gosh. Uh, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> but like dancers are amazing is my point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, bless them. They're just fantastic. Uh, recommend this movie of course obviously um it's a classic i was completely shocked when i did the math and saw how old this movie is i I, I refuse to believe it no (laughs) no no um but gosh it is just it is just so 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 good although i will have a, a slight criticism and just say that renee um, she's very thin here, and sometimes her thinness does overpower her costuming a little bit. Like the costume wears her, not yeah. she's wearing the costume. Yeah, because a lot, a lot of the shots are are spot, you know, spotlight shots. So the hollows of her um, bones and things are very pronounced. That doesn't take away from her performance, obviously. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. And uh, once once you are in it, you don't see it as much. But having not seen this movie for a while and turning it on again, I was just like, wow. Just like I was with Burlesque and Christina Aguilera, who famously got too thin for that movie. Right. Well, I was going to say, I think that was, I think Renee Zellweger had come out or there was the discussion of trigger warning eating disorders that she was going through an eating disorder um, at the time of this. Which is, you know, its own conversation in Hollywood, but very, very interesting here um, that the body shaming that happens, although it is slight, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is pregnant when it happens. It is just, it's just like the, the extremes, right? Yeah. Like the, the absolute extremes um, between the two of them, but they were famously very good friends on set. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I hadn't heard anything either way. Like I hadn't heard that they were, you know, it was a messy drama, you know, drama fueled set. But I hadn't heard anything that they, you know, like sometimes you're just like, oh, we work well together. But yeah, nice that they were friends. Yeah, they were very friendly. Love that. Do you have a favorite character? No, no, I no, I don't have a favorite character. Uh, I prefer Velma over Roxy, but I prefer Roxy's numbers over Velma's. So yeah. it's it, you know, it's just the same. It's always and I love this. Like, just overall on the soundtrack, I love just singing. I'm not good at it. I just like it. So I'll listen to this. I'll listen to the soundtrack at home. I mean, we we all, you know, we listen to musicals all the time. We do it in the car, too. We just sing because it's mm-hmm. fun and we enjoy it. Not for any other. Not because we're good as much as we'd like to be. <laughs> it's in it's in the ear of the beholder, I would say. <laughs> sing if you want to. Sing like no one's listening. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for joining us this week on um, Discussing Chicago, the musical, the movie. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram, Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. And just feel free to leave a five-star review whenever you kindly do so on whichever listening platforms allow reviews. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.